my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host, I'm very good friend, he's Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, one of our good friends and Patreons, uh, Herb, has picked a Australian classic, Dave. So this one stars Sam Worthington, and it's called Getting Square. And it's also got one of the legendary alumni from my favourite show, which I'm currently watching again, Alvida's own pet, Mr. Timothy Spall. So yeah. <laughs> I had never seen this, Dave. So have you got any recollection or any knowledge of this movie? No, I had absolutely nothing, no knowledge of this at all. Did not know it existed. I mean, you've got Sam Worthington. I think the first thing I saw him in was the Terminator movie that he did. Uh, David Wenham, who's in this as well. I think I saw him in, what, what was that one with uh, Hugh Jackman? With, with like the werewolves and stuff. Uh, Van Helsing. Oh, um, Van Helsing. He was in yeah, both of them, Yeah, I so yeah. I think he was in that one. And of course he was in the... Uh, he was in 300 as well, which we covered over on Comics yeah. in Motion, wasn't he? So, other and Timothy, Timothy Spall, you know, he's been on Arvidia Zane Pet, but so many other things as well. I, I was a bit surprised, knowing that this was an Aussie movie, a bit surprised to see him pop up. But um, yeah, other than recognizing these actors, Chris, absolutely fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's what we've enjoyed this year, though, isn't it? Getting to see some of these movies that are picked for us that we wouldn't have sought out otherwise yeah and i mean this one is actually on uh, youtube as well not not saying it's a bad movie or anything but it is readily available on there so if you do want to <laughs> watch it i know yeah i tell you what though the curse of the vhs strikes back what we're going to be reviewing which you don't know yet is my pick has just gone off streaming of Prime Dave. I can't believe oh, it. Whenever we, I don't know what it is, right? We always say this. This is God's on his truth. Every time me and you say, let's do a movie, or we've got a movie we're going to review, we go on Prime, and one of us will have watched it, and then the other one's like, you've got three days to watch it, it's going off. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then obviously, for all the listeners, I always think, oh, my God, they're going to have trouble finding this, you know, depending on where you get your movies from, Dave, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's this this one I'm picking later for my pick, um, it's not available now on Prime, I'm afraid. So sorry, guys. <laughs> you know, oh, and also, we did have a contact, didn't we? I'm, I'm sure I remember getting a list through ages ago what was coming on amazon prime what was going off it we did we had a contact we still got it we still get the emails but we we? i've just never opened the email just don't fucking read them that's even worse isn't it fuck's sake right next time (laughs) we'll actually read the emails does it go directly to you does it I think so, yeah. I think it's actually on one of my personal ones. I don't know why. But, uh, oh, that explains it then with your thousand yeah. unread emails. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll tell you how many. It's just to, just to annoy every single person out there. I currently have, are you ready for this, Dave? And this really annoys Sam. 64,926 emails unanswered, my friend. How? 
unanswered or just unread? Unread, sorry, unread. There's probably that many unanswered as well, but uh, unread. How is that? I don't don't know. I don't even know how that's possible. (laughs) Well, well... I in my heyday, I still like a competition. I was a competition whore basically, and I used to, you know me, you know I've won competitions, and I've like for years I've won trips to Australia, uh, Japan, I've won money, TVs, Playstations. I was on the local radio Q103 Manchester. I used to know when the competitions were on and to ring the number before they announced it because I knew after a certain song it was on. It got that bad that they used to say to me, "Hi, Chris." when I used to come on, Dave, and then eventually, (laughs) (laughs) eventually I may have gone on as some of my aliases to win the prizes, Dave, because it was that bad. But I I could write you, me and Sam went to Australia in 2010 and that was off a competition where I had to do the, as you know, I've said it before, Mm. the push sucker trials, witchy grubs, eyeballs, everything. I won that and we went to Australia. So we were just chatting shit and it comes back to Australia, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it comes back. There you go. I didn't mean to do that, but there you go. Yeah, I went, I got, Chrissy's shit stories just bounced back. Um, But but yeah, I've been all, I've been all competitions all around the world. Japan won, but I took the money in the end and we went to Ibiza, but I've, I've won, you cannot imagine about stuff. So all I used to do is I would do then online competitions and then you'd sign up from a sister's the same in Vancouver. She's not done for ages. And I spoke to her recently and when, when we saw her in Vegas and she was like, I started doing them again. And she's terrible. And she won some like Bose headphones while we were in Vegas. She got the email. So, um, yeah, oh, it's nice. something in the family. We all used to do competitions. They've just terrible. I was the star how of it. many then- things you might have won that are in those 64,000 emails. <laughs> well, there's a few fucking cock enhancers, Dave, but I've never took them up on it. <laughs> a nose reduction and a fucking cock extension. But, uh, but Dave, See, there's no end of benefits. <laughs> yeah. It's the wrong way around on my body, though. My fucking nose is bigger than my cock. But, uh, no, Dave. Sorry, sorry, I saw one before. Right. <laughs> It was a message from the Queen. It says, I'm not really dead, but I need a ransom. Send send $500 to this account. Oh, my God. That is horrendous. Now, that was Dave who said that, by the way. Hey, but Dave, you save our emails. We've had an email. So do you remember we had the email about the martial arts oh, yeah. the classes? So we've had another email. We got it a couple of days ago, and I was like, and I, I was like, oh, I must read that. So this one's from Gibbs Burton, and it says service needed. Hello, this is Burton. I will, I will. It sounds like I've typed this, Dave. I will like <laughs> to know if I get the right contact to a surf lesson company. And do you accept credit as method of payment? Well, we accept <laughs> any form of free credit, Burton. If you want to send it us, we can fucking rustle. I'm sure I can rustle up a free surfing lesson in fucking Sail Marine near me, Dave, or a fucking Blackpool <laughs> if, that, if you need to see. But uh, we accept any payment. So we're now martial artists and surf uh, instructors, Dave. Probably better than podcasters, but there you go. <laughs> 
I mean, it's, uh, I was going to say surf ninjas, but it was surf Nazis, wasn't it? I th- there must yeah. be some kind of surfing ninja uh, movie out there where we can join these things up. So, oh, someone's God. probably John Hammond will tell us list or something, haven't they? But uh, <laughs> enough digression, Chris. Shall we get into our trailer? Yeah, let's go. All I want is to keep my head down, get square. If you catch a fever, I'll chop your nuts off and watch a grate them over the side of the knees for right? A lot of people suck their necks out to pee, Barry. Blokes like you and me, we don't get squeaked. Look, I'm not smart enough, and I only went to junior at school. Getting square. Now showing. Barry Worth is a retired small-time criminal who is released on parole following the death of his mother so that he can care for his younger brother, Joey. Worth was falsely convicted for murder by corrupt police detective Arnie DeVeres, who is in the employ of criminal kingpin Chica Martin. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Well, when we watched the trailer last week, and I sort of thought, Timothy Spall... Gives it a little bit of uh, credit. Sam Worthington, obviously, wasn't... Uh, I know you were saying about the Terminator. It's probably the first time I'd seen him properly, but obviously he was in Avatar as well, wasn't he? And he's, he's going to be in the new Avatar. So I was mm. thinking, is this a bit like Heath Ledger one? You know, that one where we, we watched that? That was Two a great hands, movie. Two hands, yeah, that was a great movie. And I thought, this has got the same feel. It's got the, the way it's shot. It's in Australia. It's a lower-budget movie, but it's got that little bit of gangster stuff about him. But honestly, Dave, I, I watched this and I was like... After he started, and I thought, "All right, here we go. I'll I'll buy into this. This could be a violent ex-con who's obviously the the same DNA. He's a, he's a con who's going to get tra- dragged back into the underworld, but he wants to break free, Dave. Very similar, Dave, to Miami and uh, not Miami Connection, the uh, Manhattan." Connection was you were going to bring Lauren Chase. <laughs> <laughs> but it is similar, legendary isn't it? Lauren. <laughs> it is the legend of Lauren Avedon. Obviously, Lauren Avedon doesn't become a chef in a restaurant, but it just reminded me of that same caper in it. Every film's done it, Dave. You know, ex-con wants to go good, but gets dragged in back into that life of crime. One last job will set him free. However, this doesn't go down that route to a point. He obviously... You know, his character, Barry, he, he, he's a, he can tell he's got something about him. He's, he goes to the mm. boxing gym. And but I think this movie's fucking boring until about the last 10 minutes. I don't think anything happens that's a significance. Timothy Spall is okay. And, and obviously, I've always known him to have a Brummy accent. And he's from Birmingham, but he's got the Cockney yeah, accent. Yeah. That's where he's from. Um, and, and he's playing this sort of like restaurant owner, struck gangster, money launderer. I think that there's loads of things happening in it with different characters. And obviously that David Wenham who plays like the, the druggies mate, whatever he is, he gets, he got awards up for this for like comedy awards and everything. But I think he's fucking rubbish, Dave. I've got to say anyone who can rub in fucking flip flops is unbelievable. I know they call him <laughs> somebody else. What do they call him in Australia? Fucking hell. They, they, know, feet thongs or something. No, thongs. That's it. Thongs. They call them thongs. That's it. But yeah, I just thought he was really slow and nothing happens until the end. It's a really strange movie for me. I'll, I'll disagree with one part. I, I thought David Wenham was, was good. Um, I, I thought it was, you know, I, I couldn't figure out the tone because I, I couldn't figure out, was it supposed to be gritty? But for David Wenham's role, you know, Johnny or Spit, 
it, it, it was just so far across. It, it was in the slapstick comedy style. You know, we saw a little bit of it in the trailer there, you know, ah, and he went to Junior and he sort of goes to sit on his chair and falls off. It's like uh, a lack of education makes you a complete buffoon as well. Um, but I, I think the, the one bit that did have me smiling was, was just the the way he was going on about his bus fare. <laughs> he was just fucking winding up all the solicitors and everything. He's like, ah, oh, come on, I need my bus fare. <laughs> you know, and it's just, everyone's like, we need to get on with this. And like, he's like, nah, I need to get there for my, um, he needed to get to somewhere for his drugs or something, didn't he? You know, or else he, it, they close at five or something like that. But I have to agree with you. This this movie lost me for for the first two thirds of it, I would say, because you know I, I didn't feel like anything of substance was really happening. Like you know, you you get Barry, and he's obviously like you say he's a con, but he's wrongly committed, um, and and he just wants to get square. That's the that's the title of the movie, but it's repeated in the dialogue relentlessly throughout the movie about getting square. But then he doesn't really seem to do that much, you know, and he just has these little relationships and you see these other different characters and what have you. But then it's literally, it kicks into gear in the final act. And then suddenly he's a fucking absolute badass, you know, and you get this old switcheroo, you know, not to spoil it too quickly, but, you know, they you think he's done something, then he hasn't, and he turns out to be a master fucking criminal, Chris. So he's not just, you know, a con who's wrongly accused. He, he's fucking George Clooney levels, Ocean's Eleven levels <laughs> of mastermind to pull this thing off, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, I think for me it was very, very lumpy. Yeah, I, I think you're right, because... I honestly thought, like I say, I thought there was going to be like loads of kicking off. He's he's going to sort of um, get, you know, like when you have the gangster who's running it and then you get the ex-con who's like basically doesn't give a shit about him. He's, mm. he's moved in these circles and he's, he's sort of very reserved, but if needs be, he'll take names sort of thing. That's what I kept thinking. I thought, yeah, Sam Wood's like, Barry, I thought he's going to be like knocking people out, knocking the henchmen out, the big guys. One of them is Joe Bugner as well, the ex-heavyweight uh, British boxer. Mm. Um, and, I, and I was like, he's, he's going to be, um, you know, doing all this, but he doesn't, he, he ends up just being a chef, doesn't he? And, and then I kept thinking he was going to have a bit with Timothy Spall's missus, because Timothy Spall's at Weight Watchers, and he's trying to lose some weight, and he's like, yeah, I've lost three kilos, and they're all giving him a round of applause. And then you've got the police, I suppose you've got like, it is different because you've got the police side of it. They're investigating him, aren't they, for mm. like money laundering and things like that. There's all these little subplots, but I'm with you. I think it it doesn't get going. And by the time it gets going, I want more. The film ends and it ends really. Yeah. I mean, I'm not jumping too far ahead because I don't mean to jump too far ahead. But, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it, it, it could have been so much better. And obviously, within, mm. working within the budgets, there could have been so much more they could have done with the characters because I think even the gangster guy, not, not Timothy Spall, the other one who comes and he wants to like buy the club, uh, the, the restaurant, doesn't he? And he's, he's yeah. there to, um, he's Dabber in his, uh, Timothy Spall's character is called Dabber and it's chicken. He comes and he's like, I'll give you 80, 20. 
and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I won't fucking give you, you know, you basically mm. get the fuck out of my restaurant and all this. And why have you brought the heavies? So I'm thinking, here we go. This is going to be turf war and it's going to be this, but it doesn't. It's, it's just basic. Like you said, David Wenham's character is just running around in his undies and he's fucking fong stroke <laughs> flip-flops. And he can run like Usain Bolt away from anybody in them fucking flip-flops. Yeah. He's like a fucking gazelle, isn't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> But also the worst drug dealer ever because he's fucking, he's that fucking caked out of his face that he's doing deals for 20 grand with Joe Bugney's character. And then he's like, you know what I mean? He's like, well, you know where where this is going. He loses the money because the cops get him. And I did, I must admit, I think you're right, actually. I'll I'll give him a bit back. When he was in the court and he was talking, and you're right, and Mm. he's talking about... I don't know him. Do you know this guy? Yeah, I know this guy yeah. from a pub back home. And, all, and he's, you can tell he's playing silly, and he's playing like he's not all there. That he, and he isn't. He, he is there. He's, he knows what he's doing sort of thing. So I think mm. that side of it works. But the whole twist and that of the movie was really well done, but just a little too late for me, I think. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about Usual Suspects before, haven't we? And we we need to go back and watch that at some point. But it's almost like, because that twist at the end is so memorable, I don't need to, I don't feel like I have to go back and watch it again. Because, you know, it was a great twist at the end, but, you know, I don't really remember a great deal about the, the overall movie kind of feel like that with this i think the twist was really good because there is a moment when i'm thinking shit barry is you know he has turned and then it like that was probably 90 percent of my head and then there was a little 10 percent like nah there's some there's something else going on here they, they, sam worthington's character is not just suddenly going to become an arsehole you know he's been trying to get square for all this time and the next minute he's going to kill his mate in cold blood so so the fact it, it wasn't completely unexpected but i thought it was still well executed um I, and i did like that but the other thing i'd say i, I do like chris is i think the the um the soundtrack it's phenomenal. Yes. You know, yes. the music yeah. all the way throughout, I think, is really good. You've got, you know, Into My Arms by Nick Cave and The Bad Seeds. You've got, like, Groove Armada in there as well. You've got Ian Jury. You've got The Vines. So I, I think the music choices were really good throughout. It was just <laughs> for two-thirds of the movie. I, I just I wanted a bit more to happen. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm, I, I agree with the usual suspects. I've said this before. Phenomenal movie. I know I've said it on this podcast, so forgive me. Phenomenal movie. I bought it from Britannia as a favor. I think I said this a few episodes ago and just kept it in my collection because once I'd watched it, I didn't want to watch it again because I was like, yeah. that is movie perfection. And then I watched something recently, the lineup in Usual Suspects, where they're all laughing. You know, he's going, uh, what does he say? Like, uh, fucking put your fucking hands up, you motherfucker, or whatever he say. And that's all ad-libbed, and it's not even supposed to be in a movie. It's all them not taking the piss, but they use mm. that in the lineup. You know, when they stand in front, I think Stephen Baldwin starts going crazy, doesn't he? Like, you know, like, hey, put your fucking hands up, you motherfucker, or something like that. And it, it, they're all laughing, but it's actually, they were just pissing about. They weren't acting, but they thought, they were mm. like, no, this is so good. We're going to keep it in the movie. Yeah. So it's interesting, different. But I'm with you, I think. The soundtrack's good. The setting, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my head, like BMX Bandits, that two hands, especially the end bit was very two hands-like. A heist, again, 
You know what I mean? It was very similar, mm. Dave, the ending. I know there was the twist, but it was, it was, I agree with you. I think it was so well done at the end. It was just such a shame that the chess playing and the pieces that were getting to get to that point was just, it just wasn't, there wasn't the payoff that I expected. I just, I don't know what I expected, but it just wasn't there for me. I wonder if this movie sort of rewards more watching, you know, like uh, a repeat watching, sorry. Yeah. So, because, you know, there's dialogue and when you're watching it for the first time and you, you don't know who these new characters are and then they're saying things that maybe you should pick up on and, and when you watch it a second time, you, you go through and you think, oh, right, fucking hell, yeah, I didn't see that the first time. Because there is a lot of love for this movie, Chris. You know, if I look at IMDb user reviews, there are so many nines and tens. Now, overall, it gets a 6.6, fair. <laughs> but yeah. looking through, you know, there's one here, 10 out of 10, getting square, hits its mark. 10 out of 10, top Aussie caper movie. 9 out of 10, a very funny, funny, entertaining movie with a classic comedy performance by David Wenham. 10 out of 10, it is the real Gold Coast. Uh, uh, the final one I'll yeah. say, so uh, 8 out of 10, an Oz comedy classic <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know what his competition is um, again I did think I did like the courtroom scene I thought it was good um, I would think they'd have better comedies though um, and, and I guess I suppose if I look at something similar you know like uh, Lockstock not, uh, a few years earlier I guess but you know, that that's the same kind of crime, you know, part gritty, but part humor as well. Um, I suppose it, if I compare it to that, I guess it, it would fit in the same kind of genre, I guess. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Because, I mean, look, we haven't done a lot of stock, have we? To be fair, no, or Snatch, no. yes. So yeah, they're yeah. two cr- cracky movies. I love them. Especially Snatch. I think I love that more than Lockstock. But two, at the time when Lockstock came out, what a movie that was. I absolutely love yeah, that. The soundtrack yeah. was phenomenal. I had Oasis, didn't it? Uh, that song, Fucking in the Bushes. That's the... That's one they used to uh, start the gigs on. Top tune. But yeah, sorry, getting back to this. But yeah, I just think um, the performances, like Timothy Spall, it's weird because none of the characters, Bar Barry, who's trying to go straight, you know, square... Are quite redeemable, but we sort of get a well, these bad guys aren't as bad as these bad guys, so yeah. they're okay. Everyone goes off and lives happily ever after. It's it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because we've watched movies recently, like we were talking about Ocean's Eleven mm. a few weeks ago, right? And you know, Danny Ocean and all the others are absolute bastards, but Andy Garcia's <laughs> character, Terry Benedict, is portrayed as the, the bad guy who's a, who's a rich businessman who's just, you know, he's a, we haven't seen that he's a, a gangster, but obviously it's that subconscious playing with the audience that basically must have mob connections and he's not a nice person, but we don't see it in the movie. However, the people who rip him off for millions are played as the heroes. It's so yeah. it's, <laughs> Very bizarre. This isn't as this isn't as as obvious as that. But like you know, Timothy Spall's character and all these, like his henchmen, they pretty, uh, Dabber, they pretty much get away with all the money, everything, don't they? It's a very yeah, very yeah. interesting way. It's sort of like, well, we've had our day. Thanks very much. We'll take all the money, and then th- th- that chicken and all his henchmen, they basically get turned over by the police. Everyone sort of comes mm. out of it, and and then obviously. 
Johnny, you know, Barry Wenham's character, he ends up, he looks like he's, um, I don't think it's, uh, where, where he's supposed Barry to be. Barry Wenham's character. David Wenham. <laughs> him, David Wenham's character, sorry. <laughs> he's in like Tel Aviv or somewhere, isn't he? And he's yeah, just like yeah. getting square. And then they, they, they turn it on fire, don't they? Like the postcard. And then that's like the end of the movie. So everyone has got away and I'm, I like that, but also it's like, it's not really a payoff really. I think Barry should have been the only one who came out of it with any sort of kudos, but like Dabber and that, they all seem to like the restaurants absolutely thriving now that he became the chef. It's really <laughs> strange. What was he making in prison porridge? But he's like some fucking Michelin star chef. He made these misses a fucking like a salad. He looked fucking shit. She went, ah, oh, it's bloody good that Barry. It's like, what? <laughs> Fucking great accent. <laughs> I know, yeah. You caught me Australian. <laughs> Do that again. It's fucking good, that, Barry. It looks it's bloody great, that, Barry. That's how I live and breathe. That's how I live and breathe. I can almost feel like, like it's not neighbours anymore. They're home and away casting people. My number day. They'll be on the phone. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you one one thing to date us, Chris. Or not to date you, but make you feel old. Natalie Ambrulier's album, um, not Torn, that was the single, wasn't it? The album was left to the middle. Saw that on Twitter the other day. 25 years old. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous, isn't it? (laughs) What what a beautiful woman, though, she still is, but... When she did Torn live on MTV Unplugged, oh, my God. I was like, I was about... My shoulder was injury involved. Fucking hell, there's more than that, I'm telling you. <laughs> my shoulder injuries are notorious now. But no, honestly, she, that, that was, she was a proper crush of mine, Dave. Oh, my word, what a stunning... She was beffing neighbours, the likes of them, but my yeah, God. Yeah, Stunner, absolute stunner. But uh, anyway, Dave, uh, have you got anything else more to say? Well, just just to say, I mean, I I went into this, saw the cast, you know, and thought, well, Sam Worthington is obviously the star. And I think he he is the central character. But it does seem like David Wenham is the one who's come out with the most accolades. So he won uh, the Outstanding Comic Performance in a Feature Film from the Australian Comedy Awards in 2003. He also got... Best Actor in a Leading Role from the Australian Film Institute in 2003 as well. So I'm looking through all these things and Sam Worthington's nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) He's just good looking, Dave. (laughs) Yeah, just Film Critics Circle of Australia Awards also gave uh, Best Actor to David Wenham as well. Now, I'd, I'd have thought he was more of a supporting character. I, I thought Barry was the main character, but I guess, you know, it, it does seem like they, they've given David Wenham the, the real, you know, all of the accolades. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's a strange thing. But sometimes, Dave, them sort of comedy characters are more, uh, people will remember the film probably more for him. You know, running down the street in his undies and stuff like that. I know it sounds silly. You know, Sam Worthington's who he is, isn't he? But Sam Worthington's not exactly an unbelievable actor, is he? He's just, he's his looks more than anything, Dave. He yeah. can carry, he's yeah, carried yeah, a few yeah. movies. That's what it is. That's not being uh, wrong. It's just the truth. Yeah. So yeah, he's just got yeah. that chiseled yeah. jaw sort of leading man look, hasn't he? But like I say, yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming it was from this. 
that he was picked up in Hollywood because it was only like a couple of years after this, I think, um, that he was picked up for Van Helsing and then, you know, 300, I think, came after that. So th- this is probably his breakout movie, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would have thought so. You look at, and I looked at his filmography before and, it, and afterwards it was, it was just like a landslide of different things. He's, he's always been working anyway. Mm. so yeah interesting dave interesting so very good very good so chris should we get into our final review let's go So, uh, good pick, Herb. Yeah, I enjoyed... I did enjoy w- watching it, I'll, I must admit, like I said. <laughs> I enjoyed... No, no, didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> that was shit. I love the 180 straight away. You've not even finished the sentence and you've already 180. <laughs> I'm not 180. If you let me finish, I enjoyed the movie for the last 10 minutes. Um I just thought that there was nothing going on. It was it was just really strange the way it all set. And then I think the 180 from Barry's character to becoming this absolute criminal mastermind and letting everybody go free. Like he's, you know, he got caught obviously at some point. So he wasn't that good a fucking criminal, but he obviously got done for, is it murder? And he didn't do it or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't understand that at all because there was nothing in the movie to suggest that he was this like absolute mastermind I had in his back pocket. He could actually uh, undertake a armed robbery and get his friend out of the country and everyone goes home happy and all this, but he pulled it off Dave. So obviously um, everyone was happy. So that was a bit strange, but I did enjoy the last 10, 15 minutes. So I think for me, I'll send it to Elm street. It's not her. It's not, horrendous but it's just a shame that he was quite slow in my opinion to get going but i can understand why it's a classic for some people so what about yourself dave yeah probably not too far away from you i i think i enjoyed the last i i think it was, for me it felt like the last act rather than just the last 10 minutes but i, I i'd have to go and look at the timer it did seem like it really kicked into gear then. And when he shot uh, his mate Spit, I was, that, that's when I kind of woke up, if you like. I was like, shit, yeah, yeah. What, what's going on here, you know? So, um, and then you get the old switcheroo. But I don't think the movie did enough for the whole, uh, you know, duration. I, I don't think, you know, Barry, like you say, he's gone from small-time criminal who's been framed for murder to Michelin star chef. And criminal mastermind who can not only pull off this complete switcheroo and flummox the whole Australian police system and get his mate out of the country. He's got fucking contacts that can do uh, false passports, presumably, and everything. It's like, it's too much of a leap. And we just didn't see that growth throughout the movie. But um, I I did appreciate, you know, the David Wenham... uh, performance if you like in the court I, I thought that was quite memorable um so i i think i'm, I'm in an r and i think i'm going to put it in elm street as well I was sort of toying with putting it in hill valley but no i think just because it, it dragged so much um i i think i'm going to put it in hill valley uh, sorry in elm street if i did watch it again 
which I'm not going to, to be honest. But I think if I found myself watching it again, I'm open to the idea that I might enjoy it the second time because I'll pick up on more of the dialogue like and knowing the characters and where they're coming from and stuff. But, yeah, just it, it struggled. If this was on Netflix or something, I think I'd have probably made it halfway through and thought, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think I think I probably would never have uh, watched this as well, Dave. And you know, and that's not disrespect because obviously it's what we do in the podcast. But I do like the fact that it's there and it's a movie that we never would have watched. Like you said at the top, I do love mm. the fact that when when the Patreons pick a movie for us, all our friends is you know we're both going, oh my god, what are we walking into? Spider Dan, for example. So it's John better Hammond. than that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John John Hammond to a point. But I mean, I was telling my brother the other day about fuck it, I was telling him about Necromantic and he was like, he was crying, laughing. He was like, what the fuck? I went, he, she even gets down with a fucking a oh. bit of fucking pipe and a fucking Johnny on a fucking corpse. He's, and he's like, I said, it's on YouTube. I said, don't watch it. And he's like, no, I'm not watching it. But he's a bit of a freaky fucker, my brother. So he probably will. <laughs> you he know he's going to be watching it. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably pulled one off to that bit, Dave, knowing him. But, uh, oh. but he, um, he, I told him about For Your High Only, and he's itching to watch it. I said, it's a classic. I said, he's got the James Bond riff all the way through the movie, which doesn't make sense in some of the contexts that he's played. But because they paid for it, they were using it. I said, the guy's about three foot tall, and he's a fucking absolute assassin. So he's like, I've got to watch it. So I've got, I've yeah. got to try and find him a copy of that. It's fucking unbelievable. What a movie. Um, but, but, but anyway, so it's so wrong, Dave. It is my pick, and you don't know what I'm picking, my friend. So, so I'm waiting with bated breath. All I'm going to say to you, Dave, we talked earlier about a cock reduction. No, not not a cock reduction. A nose reduction and a cock. <laughs> Can't fucking afford that. Yeah, let me fucking it'd be inside me if I had a reduction. But uh, but yeah, so so <laughs> I can't lose any more fucking leverage on that fucking day. But uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> and there's a line in this movie, Dave. And you know, I've come across this many a time in situations. I've, I've you know, it's happened in my life, unfortunately. But it's a line I'm going to change slightly at the end. But basically, all I'm going to say to you, Dave, is this. You should have brought a bigger cock, Dave. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. I was wondering if it's some kind of porn parody of Jaws or something. There. No. <laughs> I was petrified of this movie as a kid. What an absolute classic! How have we made it uh-huh. so many episodes and not covered this one? I know, we've got to do this one. (laughs) What a movie. Oh my god. This shark? He's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. You're going to need a bigger boat. 
<laughs> I know the feeling, Dave. <laughs> I didn't mess that line up at the start, actually, but there you go. But uh, yeah, I, I had to pick that movie because you're right how have we got all this way and it's been on my radar for quite a few times but the allure of like another Lauren Avedon film just to piss you and everyone else off was there and I thought no stop being silly it's just been re-released it's been in the cinema recently as well Dave so I was like I've got to pick it I've got to pick Jaws and uh, I'm I'm not watched it for uh, about maybe seven or eight years but I absolutely cannot wait to watch this and my dad you made me shit scared of watching this movie because because you I, even now I remember I remember going on a pedlo in two thousand and seven in Tenerife and we went quite far out and the sea went from like clear blue sea to fucking pitch black and I remember jumping off into the sea because we were quite far out and absolutely shitting my pants because I was like I've got to get on this fucking thing I've got to get back on because it just I'll mad. tell you next week but I've got a similar story. And if you talk about iconic movies, they don't come bigger than this at all, do they? But no, this movie fucking scarred me for life. <laughs> I don't just mean like, <laughs> oh, yeah, ship me up for years. I mean, up until today and tomorrow as well. <laughs> this, this film leaves its fucking shark teeth on me. And so I, I'll save the stories for next week. But um, yeah, what an absolute classic. And that's going to kick off our Halloween run of movies, Chris. So this is a, yes. a little bit of a horror. And then uh, we'll have a couple more after that as well. So yeah, this, this is an absolutely iconic one for you to pick right before uh, uh, right before Halloween. <laughs> I'd love to say I was as organised as you and I did it on purpose, Dave, but I didn't. But anyway, I'll take the credit you showed. <laughs> you made sure the diary's correct for all that. And I, I always thank you for that. But mine was just purely, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, we've got to do that one. We've got to do that one. So I cannot <laughs> wait, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can't wait. And this one's got a rich backstory as well, hasn't it? Because it, it went massively over time and budget. And, you know, if things had gone a different way, yeah, like it, it wouldn't, Steven Spielberg would not be the household name that he is. So, yes. I mean, this completely changed cinema. It changed summer blockbusters. You know, it, it's a massive one, this one. So, yeah, I can't wait. And I think... I think I'm at the point, you know, where I can watch this not from behind the sofa, but um, <laughs> but let's see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a film! What a film! Uh, so massive thank you to Herb and all our patrons. We have got a new patron, Dave. We've got the amazing Trent. So uh, thanks for joining, Trent. I will reach out to you. You may have already got the uh, message on Patreon or the email, but if you're listening to this and you've not read it, then uh, please get in contact with me regarding your uh, movie pick. Uh, so big thanks to Trent. We've got spider down, Dave. I'm still emotionally scarred from <laughs> spider down. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> scarred forever. Justin, Susan, Timothy, Alec, Paul, Matt, Heath, Dylan, Kent, Lucky Lily Green, Herb, Jax, Math, Blake, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farina. And also if anybody is interested in seeing my uh, lovely round face, then uh, if you get over to Phelps travel vlogs on YouTube, I have my full Las Vegas and probably New York vlogs will be up by this, by the time this comes out, Dave. So you can see what I got up to in Vegas and we actually won for a change. So that was a, a rather productive week for my family. I just can't wait till the New York bit. 
<laughs> Fuck off. Given how much you said you didn't like it. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk. I did, we did like it for a day, and then we did everything we needed to do, and we were like, and everyone's just so arsy and abrupt with us that it just... it. And the room flooded, which didn't help, Dave. We had a full-on flood. But I'll talk about that at a later date, shall we? Yeah, so let's say. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thanks for this, mate. It's been a great episode. Big thanks to Herb again. And uh, we'll see you next week. I cannot wait for next week now. Awesome. Well, thanks to everyone out there for listening. Thanks to you, Chris. And i got to get home. And all I've got to ask is, who's paying for my bass fee? That's it, man. Game <laughs> over, man. Game over. <laughs> Build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's night. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid guy. Yeah, maybe you're crazy. I ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six months.